my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, talking about the intersection of politics, finance, and technology, talking about Bitcoin, and talking about the decentralized revolution, bringing you the latest education, information, and breaking news so you stay up to date on what's going on. I get it. I get it. It's difficult. It's hard to understand, but don't worry. I'm going to make it very, very easy to understand. There's so much going on, so much you need to understand. Now, <laughs> Bitcoin doesn't have a marketing department. There's no company, there's no president, there's no CEO, there's no, no marketing department. Um, but that's okay because the governments around the world are doing their best job at doing marketing for us. And if you just uh, are paying attention at all, you can see it all over the, all over the place. Um, I got a lot coming up in the show that we're going to cover. 
I want to talk about what's happening in Afghanistan. I want to talk about the United States, the Biden admin actually stealing the people's money that maybe didn't know about that. We're going to talk about that money, how that money gets stolen. I want to talk about what's going on in Ukraine, in Europe, with Russia, the rest of Europe, and how it may signal the end of the dollar as we know it. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on up in uh, Canada. And I even I'm going to bring on a special guest that's been boots on the ground in Canada since day one and is going to give us his own take on what is going on. A lot to cover, so let's go ahead and dig into it. Um, But right off the bat, I want to talk about something that has gotten almost no play at all. I've talked to several people about it, and most people have just not even heard about it. And so, um, you know, most people, when I, if I say what's going on in Afghanistan, you probably have uh, flashbacks of the United States running away with its tail tucked between its legs, um, leaving so fast that people were like literally hanging onto the sides of airplanes trying to get out of there. It was a disaster, a complete disaster. 20 years, um, $20 trillion down the drain. Um, and probably left it worse off than when we went there in the first place. $20 trillion. Where did that $20 trillion go, by the way? Well, that's how much the United States spent. But when they spent it, that means they gave it to someone. So who got it? Well, that would most likely be the military uh, industrial complex, the contractors and things like that. They all got super rich. Um, But like I said, it kind of left the country worse off than when they found it. Um, And not only did they leave it worse off, a lot of those people ended up in really bad situations. We've been seeing lots of situations about that. And the people there have been having a really hard time. And we've been seeing how cryptocurrency and Bitcoin has been helping those people out. As a matter of fact, there was an article that was ran that says impoverished Afghan women are receiving emergency aid in crypto as the Taliban limits cash withdrawals and millions go hungry. And so lots and lots of uh, people in Afghanistan are going hungry. As a matter of fact, uh, the lady that cuts my hair is from Afghanistan. And uh, she was telling me how she talks to her friend in Afghanistan and how her friend can't even really say the things that she wants to say on the phone because they're listening to all the phone calls and how they're like literally starving to death. And, and my haircut lady, um, just wants to send her money, but she didn't even know how to send her money. And I'm like, well, Katie just send her Bitcoin. Right. She's like, Oh, I didn't know about that. Um, and so, but that's what this headline is saying that these impoverished Afghan women, millions are going hungry. And now they're receiving um, aid in cryptocurrency because the Taliban is not only listening to their phone calls, but they're controlling the whole banking system. So they're limiting how much cash they can withdraw from the system. Um, and And a lot of it is due to the economic collapse because of the U.S. sanctions and a shortage of cash. Um, that they have. So the Taliban is basically, like I said, limiting what can go in and out of the bank and bank withdraws. And so, I mean, millions of people just, they can't even buy food. They can't even buy medicine, things like that. Now, um, I had done an earlier segment. We talked about, you know, Bitcoin being used as humanitarian aid. So here we have people that can't even buy food or medicine. And I can't just send them money because the Taliban will take it. Uh, But we can send them cryptocurrency, which is pretty amazing. Um, According to the UN's World food program. They said 98% of Afghans don't have enough to eat. Again, that's per the UN. 98% of Afghans don't have enough to eat. And they say it's a, it's, it's not just about a lack of money. Um, it's, it's about the way the Taliban has been doing it, but it's also because that, uh, the Afghan central bank had $10 billion 
frozen by the United States. So not only uh, did the United States go in there and tear up the country, leave everybody stranded, and now the Taliban's um, basically ruling them through an authoritarian iron fist, then the United States went and froze the bank's money. Now, of course, that bank, those deposits are made up of people. So you and I keep our money in the bank. If the United States froze that bank's assets, then you and I wouldn't be able to get our money out of the bank to go buy food <laughs> and pay our bills. And that's exactly what's happened. And so these people in, in Afghanistan are just desperate. And uh, they've lost, especially the women specifically, because they lost their jobs because of the Taliban policies. And a lot of them are sole breadwinners of their families. Of course, it's been war-torn for 20 years. So there's a lot of, you know, probably single single families, single mothers there. Um and now here we are, we can't even send them humanitarian aid. We can't even send them emergency payments because the JP Morgan Chase and Western Union have them all blocked because they're afraid of going against the sanctions the United States has put onto them. So they can't even get them money. But here we are, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin is here to save the day. And it's been amazing what's been going on over there. And a lot of these women have actually turned to um, learning how to use cryptocurrency, even learning how to write code and even program on cryptocurrency to earn money. So that's pretty amazing. But things took a turn for the worse this week. And when I say turn for the worse, um, there's a headline that came out just a couple of days ago in the New York Times, Biden's decision on the frozen funds stokes anger among Afghans. Quote, it's a cruel act and a betrayal, end quote. One shopkeeper said of the White House's move, which could effectively bankrupt the Afghan Central Bank. So what happened? So as I said, that uh, the United States decided to freeze the Afghan Central Bank's money and over the last couple of days, the Biden administration decided to take it all. They're not going to unfreeze it. As a matter of fact, they're going to take it. They took their money. Um, and so what does that mean? So the Biden administration froze the roughly $7 billion in central bank assets that the now defunct Western-backed government had on deposit at the Federal Reserve. And um, they decided to take it. They're going to get take half the money, $3.5 billion. And they're going to somehow divide it up between living relatives of the victims of 9-11 terrorist attacks. <sighs> okay, well, were the terrorist attacks found to be done by the Afghanistan people? And I'm not talking about whoever these terrorists are. I'm talking about the people. Like you and I, we have our money at the bank. Are the people responsible for that? That was never found out to be a case. As a matter of fact, um, the United States said, hey, uh, you're aiding and abetting these terrorists, and um, we need you to turn over Osama bin Laden. And the Taliban government said, we will. We will give you Osama bin Laden if you can give us proof that he was involved, which, of course, they never could, and they never did. So here we are. The government took uh, took their money. Seven uh, Half of it's going to go towards the whatever, the 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 relatives of victims of 9-11 get that. And then the other half of the money is going to be given out to some sort of like uh, humanitarian aid. Um, it's going to be steered towards humanitarian aid for Afghanistan. Um, but who's going to get it? How much of that money is actually going to get to the people that need it or the people that have the people that had their money in the bank. Now, of course, we're talking about why you maybe don't want to have your money in the bank because the government can take it at any time, which is what Bitcoin is here for. Remember, Bitcoin solves the oldest problem in history. I can store my wealth 
in a way that cannot be taken, cannot be seized, cannot be stolen. And if I want to send it to you, nobody can stop it or block it or prevent it. It's freedom money. Of course, that means I have to custody it on my own, not trust it in a bank. And in order to custody it on my own, that poses its own risks. I'm going to be back with more talking about uh, how you need to worry about protecting your wealth. Don't go away. All right. Welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution that we are witnessing, that we're living through. You know, times are uh, times of change are scary because they're uncertain. But I can also look and think that it's pretty dang exciting because man, history books are going to be written about what is going on right now. Now, before the break, I was talking about um, what's going on in Afghanistan. Um, And not because I just care so much about Afghanistan, but more importantly, because as I was saying, the governments around the world are doing the marketing for Bitcoin. They are proving the use case, why we need it. A lot of people in the United States um, still would ask me, oh, Mark, why do we need something like cryptocurrency? It makes no sense. Now, if you live in Venezuela or Argentina or Lebanon or Iran or Afghanistan, you get it. But from the United States, you don't because, you know, we typically have a pretty good, you know, financial system. I mean, you know, never mind the fact that your money's lost 98% of its purchasing power in the last 100 years. But for the most part, you know, it's not so bad. But um, now the governments are really trying to do Bitcoin's marketing for them. And I was talking about how the Biden administration this week decided to, I'm just going to use the word steal. They use the word seized, whatever, steal. The the Biden administration decided to steal the people of Afghanistan's money and to redistribute it as they see fit. And so all those people that had their money in the bank now lost it. Now, of course, the White House's decision drew criticism from human rights groups, lawyers, and financial experts who warned that the move could gut the country's central bank for years to come crippling its ability to establish monetary policy and manage the country's balance of payments. Um, John Sifton, the Asia Asia Advocacy Director of Human Rights Watch, said, quote, the decision would create a problematic precedent for commandeering sovereign wealth and do little to address underlying factors driving Afghanistan's massive humanitarian crisis. So they're already having a hard enough time. And now you got the big bad United States just coming and take their money and just redistribute it. And so, again, the the governments of the world, the United States, Canada, they're proving why we should um, be able to custody our own coins. Typically with investments or talking about buying Bitcoin, you'd say uh, only only invest what you can afford to lose. I had some I had one friend this morning text me and he said, Mark, I'm kind of worried about my money in the banks. Um, What should I do? I said, only keep the money in the bank you can afford to lose. Uh, which is pretty crazy that you have to think about it that way. But that's the way it is. If you're in Canada and you show any sympathy, including even commenting on social media in favor of the Freedom Convoy, you could have your bank accounts frozen or seized. If you went to Washington, D.C. Um, during times of protest and they flagged you there because you used your credit card, you could have had your bank account seized. If you happen to be just a regular person in Afghanistan and had your money in the bank account, you get your money seized. And so um, it's it's uh, becoming more and more important. I mean, like I said, they're doing the marketing for them. Like I told my friend this morning, uh, only keep the money in the bank that you can afford to lose. And it's uh, crazy that we have to think about it in, the, in those terms. But um, that's basically where we're at. Now, 
as the United States continues to get more and more um, authoritarian, or I should say, um, as they continue to weaponize the U.S. dollar, um, it's really changing the entire shape and outlook of the world. Um, I think we've obviously seen at this point, <laughs> unless you've, again, been asleep or in a coma, you've seen that we are in a, an escalating conflict with the Ukraine and Russia, I guess we could say. And, um, you know, not to dig into the aspects of the war necessarily, but um, what we can see is sort of the same thing that's going on over there. The United States is weaponizing the dollar. Um, you know, we're threatening uh, Russia and Putin that if you go in there, we're going to slap sanctions on you. What does that mean, slap sanctions? Well, that means more economic sanctions. That means more freezing of accounts. That means more seizing money out of accounts. And so if you happen to be in Russia and you happen to be a Russian citizen, that probably has nothing to do with a, a war or invasion. You probably don't even want it. You don't even care about it. Maybe you don't even know about it, but your money happens to be in a Russian bank because that's what you do with your money, right? You put it in a bank and now the United States wants to slap sanctions and now freeze the assets of that bank and you just happen to be a citizen. Well, now, sorry, your money's now frozen. That's how that works. You know, um, there's a lot of bad things going on in the world today, and I'm not advocating for those bad things. Um, take take Iran, for example. Not to dig into the politics of Iran, but you know, there's obviously um, a whole thing that's going on there with them trying to in you know come on with a nuclear program, and obviously, you know, it seems kind of like as an American, you probably don't want them to have nuclear weapons. Um, for some reason, the Biden Obama admin wants them to have nuclear weapons. Um, but because of the sanctions that we've had against them, if you, if you're a 13 or 15 year old kid from Iran, you can't get a bank account. You'd probably have, you probably don't know anything about what's going on there. You're just a kid. You don't care about it. You're not sympathetic for it, but you're not allowed to be in the banking system. And so while I'm not advocating that they should have nuclear weapons, um, it's, too bad for that 15-year-old kid that just wants to start an Instagram account and make some money, and he can't. You know, these uh, these games that these uh, politicians play, they affect all of us. And, um, you know, a nation, you know, Russia, Ukraine, U.S. want to go to war. We don't care about that. I don't care about the war. I don't hate Russians. I don't hate Chinese people. I don't hate any of those people, and, and they don't hate us either. It's these leaders that want to start these conflicts and play these games that drag us into it. And then unfortunately, people, people people pay the price, right? The people in Afghanistan got their money seized. The people in, in, in Russia get their money seized. That's what's happening. But what happens is that as these governments do that, guess what happens? Well, Russia has been the largest accumulator of gold in the world. Uh, well, I'm sorry, China has been the largest accumulator, but Russia has been um, trying to keep up pace pretty fast accumulating gold. And um, Russia is providing the rest of Europe with energy, and so if the United States says, okay, well, now more sanctions on Russia, then Russia could just cut Europe off of energy, gas, oil, et cetera. Or they could say, well, we're, you know, the United States uh, locked us out of the financial system. So now we have to transact with you in something else like gold, for example, or like cryptocurrency. Because the United States can't shut down cryptocurrency. And so maybe we'll see Russia do that. Now, if I was having a party and I started kicking people out of the party, eventually I'm the only one left at the party and everyone else is having their own party somewhere else. And so the more you see the United States trying to slap sanctions and seize bank accounts, 
the more they'll be kicking people out of the of the financial system. And really, like I said, doing marketing as why people should be using some cryptocurrencies um, and Bitcoin, et cetera. And it's only accelerating what is the inevitable, right? We should, as people have the right to control our own money um, and governments should not be using that to manipulate us or bend us to their will. And the more they do that, the faster they are just going to speed this up. Um, and right now the pressure is on Russia. And um, like I said, they have a massive gold stash. Will they go back to gold? Will they go back to cryptocurrency? I don't know. But what I do know is that it is going to speed up the inevitable decline of the use of the dollar um, in, in the United States and globally as well. Um, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution that's happening. We're talking about the intersection of politics, finance, and technology. We're talking about Bitcoin, what's going on so you can understand it in the broader context of what's going on. I have a lot more that I want to dig into, um, what the Federal Reserve of the United States has been doing, what's going on up in Canada. So much more to talk about. I'll be back in a second. Don't go away. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
Hey everyone, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution that's happening. Now, before the break, we've covered a lot of ground. Hopefully you didn't miss, but really what we're showing today is that, um, as I've been saying, that the oldest problem that mankind has had is how do I secure my wealth in a way that can't be stolen from me? Um, for the first um, humans alive, it was how do I secure my, you know, maybe my food, uh, from my food not getting stolen, uh, my chickens, my goats. Um, then it was gold. You know, we formed a, a village and then a kingdom and then a country. Um, and we're still having that problem today. And while a lot of people don't understand why Bitcoin or cryptocurrency is important, especially if you're in the United States, if you're in other countries where they're inflating away your currency or seizing your currency or stopping you or blocking you from either sending it or receiving it from somebody else, you get it. But in the United States, Canada, it's been pretty hard for some people to see that because they're just they're so focused on their own life. They don't see the problems that that the rest of the world has. But today we're seeing the governments of the world really rallying hard to try to promote cryptocurrency as strong as they can. And so we talked about how um, the Biden admin decided this week they were going to steal um, the Afghanistan's people's funds and redistribute them as they see fit. So if you had your money in, if you were in Afghanistan, you had your money in the bank. Sorry, we just lost it all because the government decided to take it. Not the government of Afghanistan, <laughs> the United States government decided to take it. Um, we talked about what's going on in Russia and Ukraine and how um, pretty much whatever is going to happen, the United States is going to slap more sanctions on um, Russia. And if you're a Russian citizen and you happen to have your money in the bank, it's going to be bad for you, right? Um, and so they're just doing more and more marketing. Um, as to why we need these types of things. And of course, our neighbors in the North and Canada are also seeing the exact same thing. And while, while Canada and these other countries are really proving the case why we need it, um, we're also seeing that at the same time, at the exact same time, our leaders in the United States are proving even more reasons and not because they're seizing it, which as I said, they already are. But like we saw this week, uh, well, we've been covering for quite a while now that the Federal Reserve, the central bank of the United States, the one that prints the money out of thin air, the one that pumps the money into the markets, the one that knows what com what companies or bonds they're going to prop up has been doing insider trading on that information. So, they were buying these stocks, these companies, investing this money before they were passing these financial policies. Hmm, seems kind of like a conflict of interest. Now, if you or I did that, that uh, of course gets us uh, a nice pair of uh, handcuffs and we get to wear probably a nice orange jumpsuit for a really long time, like, uh, like Martha Stewart had to go do some time. But of course, if the government politicians and the central bankers do it, no big deal. That's a problem, right? Rules for thee, not for me. Now, uh, we saw this week that the Federal Reserve refused to release 60 pages of correspondence on pandemic trades scandal. So what does that mean? So um, the Federal Reserve, as I said, was doing insider trading on this. They did some investigation. Um, three top Federal Reserve officials lost their jobs, including the Dallas and Boston Fed presidents, as well as that of the vice chair, Clarita. And you would think that um, something this big, this big of a matter, this public, um, you would think it would be fully in the public domain, but of course, you know, you'd be wrong. They don't want anybody to know about this. Um, and so Reuters had to do what's called a Freedom of Information Act, a FOIA request to get the information. And the Fed said there was about 60 pages of correspondence between its ethics officials and policymakers regarding, regarding financial transactions conducted during the pandemic year 2020 
which have become an extremely sore spot for the Fed. And members of Congress who are demanding full transparency as to who knew and who did what and when. The only problem is no one's allowed to see them as the Fed, quote unquote, denied in full to release the documents, <laughs> citing exemptions under the Information Act. So under the Freedom of Information Act, they're supposed to release this. Congress is demanding full transparency and the Fed denied it. Nope, you don't get it. Uh, it says, uh, well, so th they cited an exemption under the Information Act, and it said it applied in this case. Uh, now, typically, traditionally, an exemption would only be used in a matter of national security. So how does allegations of insider trading by a bunch of millionaires that control the money, how does that threaten the U.S. democracy? I'd like to know. But the point here is that there's absolutely no transparency with the people that create the money. No transparency, no accountability. We know that they did these things. We know that they enriched themselves before they passed these financial policies. Using the legal ramifications that we have, we've requested the information and they said no. And then what? No big deal. They can do whatever they want, right? And so the problem is, while on one hand, they're completely manipulating the system, completely enriching themselves at our expense, at the same time, they expect 100% transparency from you. I probably talked about earlier a few months ago where the IRS now wants to regulate every bank account that has more than $600 of transactions. So if your account has more than $600, the IRS wants to know every single transaction that you do in your bank account. Oh, but you know, there are trillions of dollars. No, no big deal. We don't need to know that. You have no right to know what they're doing. And that's the problem. See, Bitcoin is an open source network. It's good and bad, right? It's open source. So everybody can see this full accountability. We don't have to trust that the Fed isn't doing something shady because we already know they are. If there wasn't something shady, they would have released the documents. Um, Bitcoin, you don't trust, you verify. The network's open. We know that nobody can create more money. If somebody was doing something shady that we, we would see that. And so while on one hand, they're fighting this, trying to hide this, on the other hand, they're saying that we want to examine with a magnifying glass every single transaction you do with 600 bucks because, you know, you know, you, you, terrorism, right? Your $600 could be funding terrorism. Never mind the billions of dollars that we left behind for them in Afghanistan. Never mind that. Your $600 could be leading to terrorism. So uh, I, I just I cite this just because of the contrast that we're seeing here, right? The government uh, wants to seize your money. The Biden administration says they're going to pass executive actions to regulate cryptocurrencies. The Federal Reserve, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Treasury, Janet Yellen, says that she wants the ability to freeze any accounts that she thinks um, need to be frozen for whatever reason she thinks they need to be. Of course, they don't tell us that. But at the same time, they're using insider trading and printing currency, basically stealing money from us to enrich themselves, and we have no, we have no accountability to that. That's the problem. You see, that's the thing with Bitcoin versus cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin's trying to change the system. Bitcoin puts a system in place that nobody can control instead of a instead of 12 board governors in, in the Fed that can just create more money. No one can control it. No one can control Bitcoin. The difference with cryptocurrency is that people can. So Ethereum, number two cryptocurrency, one of the big problems is we don't know how many Ethereum there will be one day. There's no, there's no um, fixed supply cap like with Bitcoin, 21 million. And so Vitalik Buterin and boys that, 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 uh, 
developed Ethereum got together a few months ago and they changed that and they changed it. But the very fact that people can change that at will is the same as the system that we have today. The same as the system that we don't have. Um, and then, like I said, then we have the problem where they can basically freeze our assets. And that's exactly what's happening up in Canada. Uh, Justin Trudeau uh, invoked this Emergencies Act for the first time since it was passed in 1980. Not for 9-11 bombing, you know, not for pandemic, uh, but because some truckers parked their trucks. It's an urgent critical situation. And using this Emergency Act, they can freeze people's accounts and seize people's money for nothing. For no reason. I'm going to bring somebody on in a second and we're going to hear some boots on the ground. What is going on up in Canada? You don't want to miss this. There's a lot of misinformation going on on, on um, online. So I thought let's hear from somebody who's been there since day one. Don't go away. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show and we are talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about the decentralized revolution that is happening around the world. And, you know, there's a lot of things happening as the world becomes decentralized, as Bitcoin is solving the money. And one of the many things that we have been talking about is, you know, humanitarian aid that Bitcoin is able to do. And of course, we have this situation in Canada that we've been talking about extensively. And I was able to get somebody that's boots on the ground down there since day one in Ottawa, in Canada. And I wanted to just bring some perspective of what's really going on down there. So I have Colin Ross, aka Big Bear. He's with me. Big Bear, thanks for joining me. Hey, how's it going, brother? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So I've been covering uh, what's going on down in Canada for quite a while. Um, I like to look at things in context. So, you know, the political, financial, technology side that's happening. And, and it's pretty amazing what's happening. Uh, it's it's sad. Uh, it's amazing. But um, I wanted to bring some perspective. You're kind of the first person I've talked to boots on the ground. Now, um, first off, I would say there seems to be a lot of misinformation. So everything that I've seen on Twitter, um, it seems like it's people that are happy, people that are have lots of love for each other. I see dancing, I see Canadian flags everywhere, but then the media is trying to tell us that it's uh, racist and misogynist and it's, it's a uh, violent. Um, you've, you've been there since day one on the ground. Give us a, an overview of, of what it's like being down there and what the, what the, uh, you know, the mood's like and so forth. Um, so the atmosphere here in Ottawa has been absolutely amazing. I've honestly never seen anything like it in my entire life. Like we've been calling it the love revolution because there's so many people giving hugs and just showing love to one another. There's so much, there's food going around everywhere. There's people, you know, giving t-shirts out, you name it. Um, it's absolutely incredible what's happening in Ottawa right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, now it seems like um, I, I, I is is it growing? I mean, it seemed like I saw like one of the bridges got cleared, but now it looks like a couple more bridges are getting filled up. So is the is the is the freedom convoy? I don't know exactly what you're calling it. Is it does it seem to be growing, or is it like losing steam or picking up steam? The momentum is growing across the world right now. Okay, so we have planted the seed in Canada right now. The Americans are about to get revved up. They're starting their convoy on DC in the next couple of weeks. And no, it is not slowing down. There is people pouring into Ottawa more and more by the day. Some people are getting tired and going home. You know, they have jobs to, to go to. They have families to take care of. So that's expected. But has any of the truckers left? Absolutely not. Uh, they're holding their ground. They're they're here for the long run. 
Yeah. Now, um, I've been talking about this a lot, just in a sense where we're kind of at this stage where there's this revolution that's happening. It happens about every 250 years. And the more that the leadership seems to want to squeeze it off, the more that people push back. <laughs> and um, that's kind of what it seems like to me that uh, to the point, the more that they're trying to squeeze in, it's almost attracting more people to it. I was just curious as of uh, whatever it was a day or two ago, a couple of days ago, um, I guess Trudeau kind of pulled the nuclear um, weapon out and said that, you know, now he's got this emergencies act and he's going to start seizing uh, bank accounts and uh, trucks and things like that. And so I just, doesn't seem like people are being discouraged by that. Uh, no, actually, if anything, it's pissing more people off because they see the, the lies for what they are clear as day now. You know, even the people that weren't believers are believers now. There's a big shift happening right now. It's, there's a, there's an information war going on. Like, I become like a, my own news anchor literally just on TikTok. I grew a following of, you know, 30,000 people in two weeks and we are out there spreading the real news, not this propaganda machine that's paid off by the government to, go off scripts and just lie to our people and demonize what this movement's actually about. Yeah. Now, um, go ahead and uh, go ahead and shout out what your TikTok is. Uh, it's at the Big Bear Movement, but I actually just had to start a new one because that account got blocked last night. So it's oh, wow. at Colin Big Bear Ross. Now, um, one thing that I've been focused on is, uh, like I said, with Bitcoin and the humanitarian aid. So obviously the big news was about $10 million was raised via GoFundMe and that money got frozen, got kind of got seized. Then there was another, um, I don't know, was it 5 million or so that was in the gives and go that got blocked. And now there's all this money um, that's being raised um, through Bitcoin. Um, have you seen some of that money getting dispersed out or how, how has that been working, this, this fundraising effort? Like with the cryptocurrency, have I seen it being dispersed? Yeah. So I know they're really going and trying to get all the truckers signed up with crypto wallets. They came out with uh, the Convoy Freedom Token, right? Mm -hmm. And I know they're really pushing that. That's that's Pat King's deal. Uh, it's a legit, you know, token. And I think that the plan is to really get a lot of money behind it, to be honest. And then every time you make a withdrawal or you buy, there's 4% go to the truckers from that. Mm. Another thing that I would ask is that, you know, obviously Trudeau and, and, the, and the mainstream media is trying to say that this is very fringe, right? He says that this doesn't represent most of Canadians. Now, uh, as far as I know, there hasn't been any poll that's been done. There hasn't been any vote taken. Uh, so obviously he, I don't know how he makes that claim. Um, you obviously, I would have imagine have another um, look at that being boots on the ground. But what is the air like? I mean, it, does, it, does it seem like it's a fringe minority or do you think this is really taking over Canada? It's taken over Canada. There's no question yeah. about it. There was three million people here last weekend. They tried to, the news tried to say there was a couple couple thousand and then thousands of counter protesters. That's total BS. I've been here since day one. I came with the convoy from British Columbia. I seen it for what it is. And like it's insane how many people are here. And not only that, there is protests across Canada, you know? There's like I think there was about sixteen city blocks in Calgary alone last weekend. Of people, mm, yeah. So it's big and it's growing, and um, everyone seems to be pretty dug in for the long haul at this point. Absolutely, uh, we we ain't leaving until we see change. We came here to get all the mandates dropped, not just for one province, for all Canadians. This is tyranny, okay? This leads all to the World Economic Forum. You know, this is the Great Reset. They want to bankrupt us, take over what we own, and control us. You know, this is 
They even say it on the Canadian website about the social credit score system, the Chinese social credit score system. This is communism. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a good question. So you said until um, you're not leaving until the, uh, I don't know, the demands are met or uh, the things that you're asking. And so basically you're asking that they just roll back the mandates to where, what, where they were two years ago? They need to drop all the mandates for all Canadians. The real pandemic has been, you know, they're killing our small businesses. People are dying from mental health from suicide, from addiction. I still yet to know anyone who's died from COVID, okay? They, they created a, they have a virus. Yes, it's real, but it's become the fear virus. And they've used it to push, to push their agenda. And that's wrong. That's evil. So we've seen that some of the states have started to roll back those mandates, but um, that's not enough. You, you, need, you want them dropped in the whole nation. We want them dropped on the entire nation right now. We have a lot of our political power starting to roll back because they know their political careers are going to be screwed if they don't. So a lot of them are all backpedaling already. We just need the house of cards to fall. It needs a domino effect, and they all need to fall. So for people that are listening to this right now and they want to um, kind of follow along, is there anything that they should be paying attention to or more resources that you would uh, point them to? Uh, you know, I've noticed TikTok has really become the media for this. You know, people are just constantly loading videos on there. They've been blocking mm-hmm. our live streams. They've been blocking our Facebook. I've had so many accounts already get taken down since I've been here in the last two or a couple of weeks. And so, you know, just checking up on the convoy in Ottawa through TikTok has been our best resource so far. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, uh, Big Bear. Appreciate that. Um, I, for one, uh, love what you guys are doing, standing up for tyranny, against tyranny, I should say. And so, uh, you know, if if I could actually get across the border, I might even be up there joining you, but I can't. Uh, but I'm definitely sending you guys support and, uh, you know, hold strong up there. Well, we're working on it so you can come across, brother. We love you guys in the South. Uh, we got so much support down there, and uh, we're holding strong here. And you guys are up next. Thank you just so much. All right, you heard it from Colin Ross, a.k.a. Big Bear, boots on the ground in Ottawa with the Truckers Rally for Freedom since day one, uh, bringing that perspective. You've been listening to The Mark Moss Show. Hopefully this was helpful for you. Thanks for listening. It's brand new, season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.